0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to you, to those here in the sanctuary, and to those who are joining us online. Let us worship God. We sing to his praise and glory. Hymn 130. Hymn 130. Ye servants of God, your Master proclaim. All to prayer comes from psalm 62 my soul finds rest in god alone my salvation comes from him he alone is my rock and my salvation he is my fortress i shall never be shaken let us pray God of every land and nation, you have created all people and you dwell among us in Jesus. We praise you for your unfailing goodness to us and finding our salvation in you, we gladly ascribe to you all glory and honor. Gracious God, friend and guide to your people across the ages, We thank you that you are present not only here, but everywhere, and we rejoice in the knowledge that in every circumstance you will give us the help and the strength we need. Lord God, we thank you for calling us to be part of your worldwide family. Yet we confess there are times when we resist your call, not least when we consider it too demanding, or it requires us to do something we would rather not do. Living God, ever faithful and abounding in steadfast love, we thank you for your patience and we seek your forgiveness for the times when instead of being guided by you, we went our own way and did our own thing. God of every land and nation, as we offer our praise to you, we thank you that you are a God who makes all things new and that you can give us the opportunity to begin again. As we seek daily to follow Jesus, help us to give without counting the cost, to follow without holding back and to live each day as your people a people called from darkness into your marvellous light. These things we humbly ask in Jesus' name, and together we say the prayer he taught us, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. In case some of you don't know who the young man next to me here is, this is David Barr. David was with us for a Sunday in December. And David is doing a period of discernment with me. David and the Church of Scotland are exploring the possibility that he might be being called to full time ministry within Christ Church. David, it's good to have you with us once again, and you'll be here next week too. Great stuff. The Boys Brigade had an excellent quiz on Friday evening and it was very well supported and the sum of five hundred and seventy pounds was raised for company funds. It was a great evening all together and well done to the holy sisters who did very well. That's four of our Sunday club leaders. (laughs) I've got to say that the team I was in maybe didn't do quite so well, but it's the taking part that counts. Isn't that right, Elma? <laughs> but it was a great evening. Friends, there'll be a further time of fellowship in the hall following the service. Please do come along if you can for tea or coffee and biscuits. It would be really, really good to see you. A letter has been received from Neurocentral thanking the congregation for the donation of £510.80, this being the proceeds of the collection at the Watch Night Service on Christmas Eve. A great sum and copies of Neurocentral's newsletter can be found in both vestibules of the church today. Please do take one. <clears throat> Tickets costing £12 for the Burns Supper in the parish halls on Tuesday at half-past seven are available today in the Michael Chapel. We look forward to that. There'll be services on Wednesday afternoon in Echoes Court at two and Westerland's Care Home at three. The Kirk Session will meet a week on Tuesday at half-past seven and apologies for absence should be given to Sally. Advance notice the craft group will meet at 7 o'clock in the middle room of the parish halls on Thursday, the 1st of February, and all will be welcome. Articles, including photos, recipes, and devotional material for the spring edition of the parishioner should be submitted by the 11th of February. Startup Sterling is presently short of tinned meat and UHT milk. So if you're in a supermarket in the days to come and you've got some money to spare, please do think of buying a tin of meat or some milk and place it in one of the donation stations that you'll find near the tills This will help those who are struggling and in hardship within the Stirling area at this time. And finally, a series of Lent Bible studies will begin on Thursday the 15th of February and will run for the following five Sundays. That's Lent studies beginning Thursday the 15th of February and the dates will be included in the intimation sheet next Sunday. It's good to see some young people with us this morning. I wonder, would you like to come out to the front? There we are. It's good to see you. Here we are. How are you this morning? Are you doing fine? That's great. I've got a question for you. Can you think of messages that are given without words being used? Can you think of messages that are given without words being used? Makaton, excellent! That's a great answer. We can give certain messages with our fingers and our hands, can't we? For example, if someone goes like this, <laughs> what does that mean? Come here. <laughs> Come here. And it might mean that you've maybe said or done something that you shouldn't have done. Eh? You can tell a lot from the look on the face too. Someone's face <laughs> can communicate a, a message. yes. I remember asking a funeral director, I said, am I quite easy to deal with? He said, oh, yes, Mr. McIntyre, you are. The only thing is, when we do something wrong, we know from the look in your face. (laughs) I couldn't argue. So, come, what about... No. Again, that might communicate something that, hmm... I don't like that, or you shouldn't be doing that. What about? Quiet. Be quiet. Now, when might we go like that? Be quiet. When that you're talking in class. Oh, you're talking in class. Not that you would do that, Gregor, would you? <laughs> <laughs> when else, maybe? Um, Can you? when,
1: you're
0: when you're listening to something, Charlie. Well done. Or sometimes, you know, if you're in the house and maybe mum or dad are watching something good in the programme and it's coming to an interesting bit, and you come barging into the room, they might say, or if a baby has finally gone to sleep, they might go, so that you don't waken the baby up. There's lots of different ways in which messages can be communicated without using words. And we see that outside too. Now, has anyone noticed snowdrops coming through yet? Some? Excellent. I love that. I think they send us a wee message as well, don't they? They tell us that we're working our way through the winter. And it's like that when we see the the buds on the trees and the shrubs. That tells us better days are coming. At the beginning of the gospel, we find Jesus issuing an invitation to different people. He said to them, can you guess what he said? He said to them, come here, come here. well done, and follow me. And we're told that people, quite a few of them, left their homes, their work, even their families to follow Jesus. Now today, Jesus still issues that invitation. He says to us, follow me. But he says it in different ways. He can say it through the words that other people speak, follow me. He can say it when we read the Bible, Or when we pray, or when we sing our songs and hymns to God, we can hear Jesus say, follow me. But we can also hear it when we see someone in need, or someone who's lonely or sad, and Jesus prompts us to go and help them, follow, follow me. I wonder Have we heard that call, that invitation from Jesus? And if we have, how have we responded? Well done. Thank you. You can go back to your pews. Now we're going to sing a lovely, lovely hymn. I don't think we've had it for a wee while. And for that reason, Tony is going to play a full introduction. But it's a lovely hymn, beautiful, beautiful tune and marvelous words. Hymn 532, Lord, you have come to the seashore.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Let us listen to the Word of God. Our first reading comes from the second book of Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 16 to 21. With us, therefore, worldly standards have ceased to count in our estimate of anyone. Even if once they counted in our understanding of Christ, they do so now no longer. For anyone united to Christ, there is a new creation. The old order has gone. A new order has already begun. All this has been the work of God. He has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has enlisted us in this ministry of reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer holding people's misleads against them, and has instructed us with the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. It is as if God were appealing to you through us. We implore you in Christ's name. We reconcile to God. Christ was innocent of sin, and yet for our sake God made him one with human sinfulness, so that in him we might be one with the righteousness of God. Our second reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to Mark. Chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. The time has arrived. The kingdom of God is upon you. Repent and believe the gospel. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee when he saw Simon and his brother Andrew at work with casting nets in the lake, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed them. Going a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat, mending the nets. At once he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. May God add his blessing to the reading of his own most holy word, and by his name be all the praise and the glory.
0: Thank you, David. We sing the hymn 509, 509, Jesus Calls Us O'er the Tumult. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, wanderer of seashores and dusty roads, you invite us to sail out of our sheltered harbours into the uncharted waters of faith to wander from the predictable and safe paths and to follow you into the unpredictable pathways of your kingdom. In times of uncertainty, speak to us of that hope which is our anchor. When the going gets tough, speak to us of that strength which is our rock. And when we are tempted to turn back, prompt us through the Holy Spirit and speak to us of that love which will never let us go. Almighty God, in this week of prayer for Christian unity, we remember that you have entrusted your church with a ministry of reconciliation. In a world that is divided and scarred by conflict, hunger and poverty, Enable your church with one voice and through the one Spirit to proclaim the good news of the Gospel. And in bringing others to you, let us all work to create a better and more just world, a world at peace, and a world where none go without. Gracious God, you call us to pray for our leaders, and those in authority grant to all in london and edinburgh and in local authority wisdom integrity and humility and may they honor the trust placed in them god of compassion as we pray for the royal family remembering the king as he undergoes surgery in the coming days and the Princess of Wales as she recovers from her operation. So we pray this day for all who are anxious about loved ones and for those who are laid aside through sickness. May they experience your healing touch And with those who mourn grant that they may know your presence and your peace. Eternal God, light of the world, as we commend to you our families and friends, this church and parish, we pray for that day when the nations will be flooded with grace and mercy our lives will truly reflect the life of Christ and all people be set free by the truth as it is found in you and in your word. These things we humbly ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We sing Graeme Kendrick's great hymn, Lord, the light of your love is shining, hymn 448. What a wonderful, wonderful hymn. And isn't that our prayer? Fill this land with the Father's glory. I find this interesting. The first words that Jesus spoke to Simon Peter and his brother Andrew on the shores of the Sea of Galilee were, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And the last words that Jesus spoke to Simon Peter just before he left to return to heaven were virtually the same. Feed my sheep, follow me. Incidentally, I came across a film the other night on Netflix the film is called Risen and while not a wholly accurate portrayal of the ministry of Jesus it held my attention and I found the scene where Jesus leaves the disciples to return to heaven to be very moving indeed Risen. Back to what I was saying. The fact that Jesus' first and last words were similar surely indicates to us that the call to follow is at the very heart of the gospel. No other call takes precedence over it. It cannot be usurped. But what does following Jesus actually entail? Do you remember when we were young playing follow my leader? Did you play that game? If you wanted to remain in the game you had to do exactly what the leader did. Even if it meant stomping through puddles, swinging from a tree, or dare I say, knocking on someone's door and then running away. Not that I would do anything like that, of course. It was doorbells that I rang. I find it intriguing that Simon Peter... And Andrew and James and John responded immediately to Jesus' invitation to follow him. And it makes me wonder, had they actually met Jesus before? Did they know something about him enough to make them want to take that step and follow him? Or was it their first contact with him? Whatever the answer. There must have been something compelling about Jesus that caused them to leave all that was familiar behind and to follow him into what can only be described as an uncertain future. From the experience of the first followers, can I put it to you that there is a twofold aspect to the call to follow Jesus? Firstly, the call to follow means getting to know Jesus. That is crucially important. We are called, as it were, to enter a relationship with Him. Now I think we can safely assume that before Jesus called the first followers he did not do background checks on them, right? He didn't ask for a reference from those they had previously worked with nor did he check what their skill set was. Jesus saw them as ordinary individuals but he knew that despite their weaknesses, they could and would play an integral part in the great work he had come to do. Can I put it to you, and this is very important, Jesus believed in those Ordinary, ordinary men. Follow me. Now, it's important that we appreciate what is being said here. Follow me. Jesus did not present his would-be followers with a test or a set of beliefs that they had to sign up to Not at all. He said, follow me. Come, come with me. Get to know me. We know what it's like when we meet someone for the first time. The conversation tends to be fairly general, doesn't it? We maybe speak about the weather or current affairs and there's plenty of them to talk about in these days but then if future conversations take place and a bond of friendship and trust is established the conversations become much more deeper and meaningful and rewarding That's how it would be for the first followers of Jesus. They spent time with him. They listened to him. They watched him. They ate and drank with him. They asked their questions. And they argued and debated with him. And what happened, as a result of that, a relationship was formed, a relationship that would bear fruit and that would see these ordinary people apart from Judas continue the Lord's work after he had left them. Follow me. Some would say it's a big ask. It certainly requires devotion and dedication and a willingness to say, Not my will, but your will be done. And that's not always easy, but can I boot it to you that there is nothing in this life more rewarding than that of following Jesus. George Darby served as a mission doctor on the Pacific Northwest Coast. And when he graduated from medical school, his professors recognized in him a great deal of surgical skill. And because of that, they tried to persuade him to take up a lucrative position in a city hospital. But the young doctor sensed Christ's call upon his life. And therefore, he went elsewhere. For some 45 years, he worked for a fraction of the money he could have got in the city hospital. Instead of that, he worked in tiny camps and villages, often under conditions that were harsh. To say the least, at a party held to mark his retirement, he said, I hope that no one will ever say to me that I stuck it out here. It was a privilege, and I thank Jesus for it. That doctor had devoted his life's work to the service of Jesus. He followed where Jesus led. Compare that to some who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ today. Think of those who can't even spend an hour or so a week in church, in person, or worshipping online. Compare it with those who think nothing of spending vast amounts of money on themselves and who give little, if anything, for the work of Christ. (coughs) Compare it with those who say, I would like to be more committed but I've got to do this and that and the list goes on. My dear friends, if we wish to benefit from our lives as Christians, we have to live the Christian life. That means following Jesus and learning from Him and doing what he would have us do. Someone put it like this. Discipleship (coughs) involves discipline. I was visiting one of our older members last week and visiting is a great privilege which I do not take for granted, but I do regret I don't have the time to visit as many people as I would like to due to other demands. But anyway, this lady who I visited, in the course of the conversation, she pointed to her Bible that was sitting on a table, and she said, I'm ashamed of its condition. Well, I lifted the Bible and I looked through it. It is very well worn and marked. But far from being ashamed, I commended the lady. How many of us of a Bible like that. To paraphrase St. Paul, no one can win the prize if he doesn't run the race. No one can receive the crown of victory if he doesn't persevere to the end of the course. Throughout their time with Jesus, and what a special time it was, Peter and Andrew and James and John and the others they were told over and over again that they had a choice to make it is a daily choice we sang about it this morning Jesus calls us from the worship of the vain world's golden store from each idol that would keep us saying, Christian, love me more. In our joys and in our sorrows, days of toil and hours of ease, still he calls in cares and pleasures, Christian, love me more than these. Follow me. We enter into a relationship with Jesus. We come to know him. And then we respond. We serve. And the passage David read from Second Corinthians, St. Paul speaks of the ministry of reconciliation. And he states that we are to let God make his appeal to others through us. We are to be God's ambassadors. What a privilege. But what a responsibility as well. Feed my sheep. That was the text my own minister preached on the night that I was licensed as a minister of the gospel. Feed my sheep. Someone said, this is not a hard thing, but it may involve hardships. This is not a difficult thing, but it may involve difficulties. And when it does, we will be equipped and given what we need. I recall a sermon which the preacher said, The challenges before us are great, and they are. But they are as nothing when compared to the power that is behind us. That is the power of God, who brought back from the dead his own son the Lord Jesus Christ what an inspiring thought something for us to remember my friends all of us are called each in our own way to follow and to serve All of us are called, each in our own way, to be made new in Christ and allow him to speak through us. I shared with you before, probably more than once over these years, I've been blessed to be among you these words. He has no hands, but our hands, to do his work today. He has no feet, but our feet, to lead men in his way. He has no voice, but our voice, to tell them how he died. He has no help, but our help, to bring them to his side. Feed my sheep. Herein lies our calling, the call to follow, the call to enter into a relationship with Jesus and then to go and serve in his name that others may come to know him, to love him and to follow him too. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, help us to know you more clearly to love you more dearly and to follow you more nearly day by day. Amen. The closing hymn, another great hymn, hymn 192, All My Hope on God is founded. Go now and follow where Christ calls you, and the blessing of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you now and forevermore.